Hello, this is Ed Robinson, and welcome back to another episode of the Deep End with Ed podcast. The Deep End. The Deep End. The Deep End. With Ed Robinson. The aim of this weekly podcast is to inspire you to go into the deep end by talking about real challenges and providing practical tips and inspiration from me or my guests. We're in season number six, and during this season, we're talking about grief and its many faces. Recently, we discussed the five stages of grief, and then we talked about dumb stuff that people say when you're in your season of grief. And on this episode, we'll talk about grief and relationships. However, before doing so, I want to give you a lifeguard tower moment. And specifically what I want you to do is that I want you to write down the name of three individuals with whom you have a relationship with. And I want you to take the time to call one of them, not all three of them, but call one of them, especially the one with whom you may have not spoken with in a little bit. So write down three names and then I want you to reach out to one of those individuals with the intent of encouraging, reconnecting, reengaging along those lines. Now and again, we're talking about on this episode, uh, grief and your relationships. And let me just make it real plain. If you have not gone through this already, often when you go through the season of grief, our relationships do change. And sometimes they change for the worse. And so let me just make it real plain to you. I have found over the years, as I've gone through personal grief myself, it kind of parallels to what we talked about in the uh, episode prior to this one, uh, where people say dumb stuff. But sometimes people do things that uh, can impact a person. And I'm just gonna kind of walk through some of those things just to encourage you to let you know how things change. So for instance, even amongst friends, sometimes when you're going through the grieving process, it's not that friends don't care, it's not that friends uh, are not mindful of you, but there is a great level of discomfort. Uh, Don't know uh, what am I supposed to say, how am I supposed to look at you, how am I supposed to respond to you, and so forth. And so as a result of that, sometimes people just back off and they don't do anything. And uh, my admonition to an individual who is the recipient of going through the season of grief and your friends have not contacted you, don't assume uh, bad intentions. Uh, as a matter of fact, when they do reach out to you, let them know that it's okay. You can call me anytime. There are times where I may not want to um, talk or I may not get back with you in a timely manner, but at least, you know, allow um, some space, uh, especially for those deep uh, friends. And usually at the time of a passing of a loved one or a friend or family member, people are there. Everyone's there. I mean, there's a whole crowd of people that's around. But as the weeks and as the months and as the years start to come up, people slowly but surely begin to back off. And so sometimes it can affect your friendship where, again, uh, friends, again, just have a um, don't don't know what to say, do or whatever. So thusly, they back off. And let me say to a friend who may be listening to this podcast who might have uh, a friend or someone who's going through the process. 
uh, it would really behoove you it would be to your advantage to your benefit to just check on that person or you have to just say hey you know Ed just checking in seeing if you need anything um, what can I do for you that type of thing really makes a difference so again don't think that you have to uh, know all of the answers because no one has all of the answers and then to those friends uh, when you check in on uh, someone who's going through the season of grief and they don't get back to you in a timely manner it's okay because you know the world is spinning around them things have changed drastically and they have a, a multitude of decisions and arrangements and things of that nature that they have to make. So give them uh, some mercy and some, some space to be able to do the things that you need to do. Now that's on the friendship level. Now let's bring it a little bit closer as it relates to family. Now um, everyone, as I say in general, we all grieve differently. Everybody are at different places, spaces, uh, we walk through grief a little bit different so no one is expected to go through it exactly but one of the things that I've seen and I've called this complicated grief in relationships is with uh, family members and one of the things that I have noticed is that anytime there's assets involved it might be a car it might be a half a car it might be a house it might be money jewelry clothing etc etc for some reason, things can get really dicey and complicated. I've seen uh, siblings not speak to each other after the passing, especially of a parent, and there were assets involved. Let me be clear, this doesn't happen with every family, but I have seen it happen with families who were close. I've seen it where um, you know a parent may make someone a power of attorney or make, make someone the executor of the estate, and it may be a younger person, maybe a middle child or whatever, not necessarily the oldest one. And I've seen how that has created uh, problems. And unfortunately, uh, individuals start you know, to get at odds with each other. What I want to say to someone is that if you find yourself in that situation, be the bigger and the better person to reach out to that sibling, to reach out to that family member, to just, hey, look, I just want to talk. And if they're not you know, ready to talk, don't force it on them. And it's, it might have to be, you may have to write something to them, write a letter or something uh, to connect, to get that dialogue going. Uh, again, it can get really, again, dicey and very challenging during the time, again, when someone is going through grief, and again, even amongst uh, siblings. I've seen it where siblings have just, I mean, just been amazingly supportive to one another. And that's the way, you know, generally it should be. But in the grand scheme of things, we're human beings and we have our hurts, habits, and our hangups. And sometimes uh, we don't see things the same way and or uh, we may not have been privy to a conversation or a communication that a loved one, say an example as a parent or someone may have wanted to uh, or have expressed their desire, their decedent affairs and they included uh, someone else, I'm talking about a family member, an, um, a sibling, an offspring of them and sometimes we don't understand that. So I've seen it really, really complicate things and you know, uh, the, the Isley Brothers had a song out, Fight the Power, and they would say, you know, uh, time is truly wasting, there's no guarantee. 
And I like that phrase because, you know, time is truly going by. We have 86,400 seconds in every day. And the more and more we uh, are squabbling with someone, uh, fighting with someone, disagreeing with someone, especially family members, it can be very uh, difficult. So again, just understand that, you know, everyone grieves differently understand that you know uh, it's not really all about the material aspect of things even though we as a society we focus a lot on that but it's really all about love the love that we have for an individual and so if you find yourself in a season of grief and you're at odds with a sibling or siblings uh, don't let it linger uh, too long and the reason why I say that especially if you have children uh, which would be nephews and nieces. Now they are learning up, they're growing up to learn, oh, this is the way you handle conflict and misunderstanding. You just stop talking to people. You uh, rat them out on uh, Facebook or social media. That's not the way to do so. So think about that. Again, uh, I've, these are things, I talk about things on this podcast that I've lived, not things that I've had to research, but these are things that I live. Another thing also as relates to... Um, just taking our time, you know, I guess the word I can say is uh, solitude. You know, everybody needs a little solitude, a little quiet time, especially during a time of grief, you know, to look introspectively or inside to see how you are dealing and focusing on those things. And solitude sometimes can be both a blessing and a curse. And let me tell you what I mean by that. On the blessing side of it, it gives you an opportunity to just check yourself, to be able to breathe, to be able to contemplate, to be able to meditate, to be able to uh, just kind of move at your own pace. And I think we all need to be able to do that. So it's okay to just kind of take time for yourself. The curse side of it can be where you get to a point where you become uh, extre extremely um uh, non-responsive to people, you don't uh, return texts, you don't read certain text messages, you don't uh, return phone calls, you don't open your mail, you don't uh, open your door if someone comes by to do a welfare check just to make sure you're okay. Uh, that's where it can start becoming a problem because uh, you don't want to go through grief alone. There are uh, programs, uh, whether it's through your job, where most jobs have EAP, employee assistant programs. It might be through your medical care facility or provider. Uh, it might be through uh, organizations like griefshare.org. So there, there's help out there on the way. So again, solitude. Solitude is important to be able to just reflect, to think, to contemplate uh, what's going on, but at the same time, you don't want to do it at a point where you have to go at it alone. And then there's this notion of what I call, uh, it's, a, it's a grief share, uh, not a grief share, but a grief letter. It's a grief letter. And if you never heard of that before, a grief letter, I've seen it used, I've used it a couple of times myself, and it is something that helps you to deal with friends, family members, co-workers, neighbors, sports teams, uh, whatever involvement, community groups you may be connected with who don't understand your grief. 
And here's the way a grief letter works. So a grief letter is essentially a one-pager, no more than three paragraphs or so, where you can express, you can write down, um, you know, what you've dealt, what you're dealing with. You can write down how people can help you. You can write uh, things that you know you don't want to discuss, or things that you know cause you to uh, relive the trauma of someone passing over and over. And that's exactly the point of a grief share. So someone asked you, uh, Ed, what happened? And I talked about that in the prior episode. You know, you shouldn't kind of like lean into that, I mean, especially unless you're real close with someone. But rather than you reliving and re-explaining the death of a loved one, a family member, a friend, close associate, over and over and over, a grief letter allows you to do so. And uh, again, it can be real simple. You know, hey, I just want to let you know, as you know, you know, I've had a death in the family and I appreciate your concerns and I appreciate you, you know, checking in on me. However, um, you know, I don't want to continue to talk about this over and over. So here's how you can help me. You can help me by, you know, just texting me, you know, once a week or you can call, you can uh, help me by calling me once a week, calling me once a month or um, uh, from time to time, you know, check on me, make sure that I have food or whatever, just basic things that you can say and then things that you don't want to say. You know, it's hard for me to talk about this because of the, you know, the trauma, because reliving it over and over, that type of thing. But here's the beauty of it all. So then what you do with that grief letter is you have a couple of ways you can you can deal with it. Depends on, depend on how many people you interact with. <clears throat> so if you're an individual and it may just be, you know, you and a few friends or, few friends or whatever, you can perhaps just email that to them. But if you're involved in work or you're involved in ministry, you're involved in a volunteer group where you come across, you know, a lot of people who may hear about the passing of a loved one, you can have someone to read that. So, for instance, in ministry, you can have the faith leader to read that to the organization, to the congregation, to the membership. If it's on your job, you can have your supervisor, your manager, director, or someone uh, to read it to a group of individuals or send it out to them. It's real simple, don't have to be complicated, but what it, what it does is that it takes the awkwardness out of uh, individuals, you know, like, how, what happened? Or I'm gonna keep asking the same question, and it also lowers the stress and the tension in your life so you don't have to keep repeating uh, what it is that you've been dealing with so again on this um, uh, episode I just want to just hit some high points as I was talking about earlier as it relates to grief and uh, and relationships so remember your your relationships can be impacted they can change you know with your family and even with your friends and even let me say that on the relationship side as it relates to friends you know you may have been used to going out with someone as a couple and now you no longer have that loved one that spouse that significant other and yet you're uh, the other couple still want to include you and you may feel like a third will or so and if so you can let them know you know at this time i'm just not ready to do so so it, it gets a little you know complicated towards that end so the name of the game though is to is to connect with someone be yourself connect with yourself don't let anyone rush you through your grieving process 
we weren't designed to um, operate as an island or on an island. So stay connected with someone. It might be, you know, a family member, a friend, someone who can really kind of just come alongside you and walk with you. So again, I just thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of The Deep End with Ed. And what I want to do is give you a coachable moment before we uh, land the plane. And what I'd like for you to do, especially if you've been a caregiver dealing with someone uh, or going through the grieving process, taking care of someone who may have passed away uh, and you've been doing a whole lot and invariably you may have not taken care of yourself. So I want to say this to someone who may be going through the process right now in grief or you may have been in a situation where you're still in the midst of even caregiving uh, for someone who may be sick. I want you to schedule an appointment uh, with your doctor to get a checkup, to get a physical because one of the things that I've learned in dealing with individuals who've been dealing with uh, grief and uh, relationships and things of that nature is that often they fail to uh, take care of themselves. So I want you to do that. Again, thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast. A special thanks to Nicole Robinson for producing and editing this podcast. Please share this podcast with others and do subscribe to our Instagram and Facebook pages at Deep End with Ed. The Deep End with Ed podcast is a Beyond the Mass conversation production. Remember, if we all join hands together, we can go twice as far. Thank you and God bless.